This is Transistor.fm. This podcast is brought to you by Active Campaign. They make a customer experience automation platform. And this means they offer a lot of tools, email marketing, marketing automation, sales and CRM, messaging. But here's the thing. They don't force you to use the whole suite if you don't want to. If you have some powerful sales and marketing tools already, but you want a platform to connect them all, you should go over to activecampaign.com slash build your SaaS. That's build your SaaS, all one word. You'll get a free trial, a second month free, and two free one-on-ones. Hey everyone, welcome to Build Your SaaS. This is the behind the scenes story of building a web app in 2019. I'm John Buda, a software engineer. And I'm Justin Jackson. I do product and marketing. Follow along as we build transistor.fm. How's it going, John? I'm a little tired, but I'm good. That's the end of the week. It's late. It's Friday. We always record on Friday. Maybe that's a mistake. Later in the day on Friday. I've just been like, I've had a hard time waking up this week and like really focusing. Mm. Well, if you want to feel better about your day, just listen to what I've eaten today. So at 2 a.m., I had two banana and peanut butter sandwiches uh, washed down with some milk. (laughs) Then I woke up. I had uh, six cups of coffee. And uh, then uh, I realized I needed to make my boys lunch, so we had eggs. <laughs> so I had two eggs, some ham, some toast. Uh, and then uh, we drove up to go mountain biking, and I ate a bag of chips and uh, a bunch of pepperoni sticks. How old are you? Are you in college? What is this? Do you have pizza and- for dinner? <laughs> Uh, almost actually <laughs> we had pizza for dinner last night it's it's been an interesting dietary adventure lot, over here a lot of coffee i think i drank too much coffee yesterday and i have a feeling i i i may have a a slight addiction to that i think i might need to cut down it's like it was too i was like jittery i don't get that way often i did not i did not feel good i think i was having a hard time focusing and i was like i'm gonna have caffeine to help me focus, and it did the exact opposite. <laughs> I just love bringing myself right to that edge, though. Like where you're drinking it, you're like, oh, this is so good. It's comforting. It's just, I don't actually. It is, yeah. I don't understand the people who can just have one. But I think the problem is you always think that one more is going to is gonna like mm. make you more productive, and then you reach six yes. or whatever. And then, and then it's just yeah, no good. And then you can't sleep. That might have been my problem last night. Yeah, I think I've been drinking too much too. Probably. It's it's you know I gotta have something. I I quit drinking booze, and so yeah, well, you did too. Yeah, I mean I haven't. Yeah, I haven't had any in a couple of months now. I think I think that's easier than coffee. Like I've definitely stopped drinking coffee before, and it is a nightmare. oh yeah yeah that like it is some serious physical withdrawal. I told my kids I I quit drinking booze and my second youngest goes well what about coffee and i said shut the door no way i i can't give up everything we we would just become poor (laughs) i i wouldn't accomplish anything of uh, worthwhile (laughs) 
Getting lots of nice comments from all of our beautiful listeners. Uh, Michael Dorinda over in Australia, down under, just uh, listened to them all. He said, I finished the full Build Your Sass backlog. And uh, actually now he, he also, <laughs> except he just finished what he thought was the backlog, but then he realized he actually has three more to go. So, <laughs> mm. but he said he loved following along with the journey, hearing our progress, also hearing how we've developed as hosts, you know, we, we've gotten better, he says. So that's good. Yeah. I'm a little, I'm a little afraid to listen to the early ones. It, it'd be good because it, it'll give you a perspective of how far you've come. Yeah, we've I, we have gotten a lot of good feedback though from people. It's 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 nice to hear that we are, uh, you know, people find comfort in a, in our story or, or mm-hmm. like yeah, that's exactly it. Support, 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 and comfort. Yeah, yeah, because they they're on this journey too. No, it's not it's not easy to do it. It's it's uh, it's easy to for, it's easier to forget that there are other people out there doing something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Josh Anderton, who is building Upscribe in Langley, British Columbia, he had some nice things to say about the show on Twitter as well. Uh, just said, yeah, he, it, uh, I think it resonates with him because he's on the same journey, right? Trying to build something that matters, trying to make all of this work. So, yeah, thanks everyone for listening. And if you are listening right now, Feel free to reach out to us. You can tweet us at Transistor FM or at Build Your SaaS. That's a thing. Some people, I think, um, wonder if they should build, have a Twitter account for their podcast and for their brand. And I think it's a good idea. Makes it easy for people to, to answer or mention you. But yeah, if you have something to say, I think it's still a, I think it's still a useful platform. Yeah, yeah, you've been I, um, amongst the other garbage that's on there. <laughs> but you can I think like the thing with Twitter is you can ignore it pretty easily. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was actually some other feedback we got is people were enjoying your hot takes about Facebook. <laughs> oh, nice. From <Yeah>. last time. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's tell people what we've been working on. Um, since last week, I'd, I'd say most of our time has been spent on the new marketing site. Yeah, I, yeah, you've been you kind of kicked that off. Had wanted to kind of like move away from WordPress. I think we mm-hmm. both did. Yeah, um, and with a, with a goal in mind of of having it be very fast. That's right. So spending a l- and and a little bit easier to easier to manage and like less relying on just a bunch of plugins that make no mm-hmm. sense. Yeah, we wanted something that was a little bit more of a dev-driven CMS, I think, something where we could have all the templates and stuff version-controlled. Um, I also like having content version-controlled because I always have this nightmare about losing everything. Uh, I've, yeah. I've, I've had to yeah. rebuild sites from, like, cached versions on Google before, and it was, like, Oof, yeah. <laughs> not fun. Um no. So, uh, and also I wanted to be able to edit, you know, HTML directly if I wanted to and not rely on a CMS, but for, you know, doing things that CMSs are good at, which is, oh, hey, here's, I want to write a new blog post. I want to, you know, a collection of articles. CMSs are, are good at that stuff. And I wanted to be able to use something, you know, that I like writing in, uh, but 
at the same time, I want to be able to open up a code editor and go, I just want to edit the homepage and only edit HTML. (laughs) Right. And not have to, yeah, edit some HTML and then push it to Git and have it be live in 10 seconds as opposed to (laughs) fighting with WordPress and it's WYSIWYG editor and then punching it in the face yeah. times and then still not getting where you want to be. Totally. And then closing your laptop in rage. <laughs> Maybe that's just me. <laughs> One thing that is, I have noticed that's true, Adam Wathen often says he has a, uh, a low tolerance for pain. Like if anything, if something is really a pain in the ass to use. Yeah. And uh, I, this, that, that it keeps coming up with developers. I'd say that is definitely true for you. Like, I think it is. I, I get really frustrated for like a day and then I finally get it. Like, with, with so we're using Statomic. Yeah. Is that right? Is that my Statomic? Right? Yeah, yeah. Statomic. Yeah. People often think it says um, satanic, which I like. I like even better. I think they should just adopt that it. Would be a good name for a satanic that would be a good name for a CMS. CMS. Just, yes, just own it. <laughs> yeah. But Statomic, yes. It's funny because I've been using Ruby for the last, you know, however many years, decades. Yeah. And you're used to it. I'm used to it and all of its quirks, and you are not. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. when you were trying to set up our main application, which is in Rails, Ruby on Rails, it was really frustrating for you. And you're like, this makes no sense. How does anyone do yeah. this? And I had the same. <laughs> experience with Statomic because it's based on PHP and I have no idea how to set up PHP on my laptop and actually run a website through it anymore. It's been, I mean, it's been years. I, you know, I used to do it, but it's totally different than it used to be. There's all these other tools now. Plus you have to set up stat for, uh, for Statomic, which is based on Laravel, which I didn't know really. I didn't really understand how Statomic was built until I talked. I talked to um, Jack McDade. Jack, the yeah, creator. Yeah, right? he's the, he's so the founder. I, yeah. Yeah. You got me in touch with him and I asked him a few questions about it. He's super nice about it. But I, it, it didn't really make sense. And it finally clicked. And I was like, oh, it's built on Laravel, which is basically Rails for PHP. Mm-hmm. So he, he built this thing on this PHP framework. And it kind of totally made sense after that. Uh, it was still difficult to set up. <laughs> Um, which is the exact opposite experience I had. It was that it was like <laughs> easier for me to set up then. Cause when I tried to set, I think I've just got years and years of rails craft on my machine. And so when I tried to install our app, I needed someone sitting beside me to like walk me through all the steps. Right. I, it's, it, it's nice. I mean, it's, I still don't, every day is a little easier. I'm not doing too much with it yet, but um, yeah. It makes it makes more sense. Well, I'm I'm glad that I've convinced you so far <laughs> to use it because uh, I, for me, I choose technology, and actually, I think we all do this. We we choose even developers who feel like they're super rational, is we often choose technology based on people like us do things like this, and so all my yeah. friends are in the Laravel view Statomic world. And so when I saw Statomic, I was like, oh, man, this looks cool. And then when I met Jack, I was like, okay, Jack is cool as shit. I want, I want, to, help, I want to use his thing. And, um, and then we collaborated on my personal site, and it came out so nice. 
And I love writing in their editor. Their editor, for for those of you that don't like the new Gutenberg editor with WordPress, try Statomic once because the editor, it's actually nice to write in. So I had a little bit of, you know, uh, religion that I'd already hooked my wagon to. And then I, I had to convince you. But I, I just realized like, oh, wow, there's so much of this that is about what you're used to and what you're willing to put up with, right? Like if all of your... I have an absolute total bias against PHP. But it's, it, there's no really, there's no rational reason for it. It's just that when I used to use it... It sucked. I found something better at the time and it was great. And then I just was like, kind of forgot about it. I think also there's something about me because I'm... I'm really learning kind of at the same time how to, you know, contribute code to our Rails app, but also I'm learning all this Laravel stuff. And so because I haven't gone through years of pain with any of these things, everything just seems magical and wonderful to me. (laughs) (laughs) Like it just all seems like, oh, wow, this is like, and I, I don't know how much pain is too much. Like, I'm just going through things. Everything seems challenging for me, you know? Yeah. But I have liked that we can both work on it together. Like, I've, you've just started, um, like, up until now, I haven't even been doing pull requests. I've just been, you know, contributing directly right. to Master. But now, you know, you, I, you had a pull request today, and it was like, oh, yeah, this is, this is nice, actually, for us to be able to work on the marketing site as if it was the product. There's really no great way to do that with WordPress. No, there's some people working on because it. Because the content but... is separate. Yeah. 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 It's it's hard. Yeah. And um why don't you tell folks what you did what, what your pull request was today? <laughs> so <laughs> the one about our our chat widget? Um no, no, no. Oh, but that I mean that was amazing. That I, we we should definitely talk about that. So what was the other one? Did I already yeah forget? yeah. It's okay. We can we'll, we'll come back around to that. Stay tuned, folks. Um, but so <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna look it up. <laughs> we've been living in uh, Google's PageSpeed Insights a lot lately because one of the big things I wanted to do was optimize this site. You just found it. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> um, optimize this site for speed and. If you go to PageSpeed Insights and put your own site in there, uh, you might be surprised how low your mobile score is, which is the one that really matters increasingly. Our competitors, one of them, their mobile score is 32 out of 100, which is definitely in the red and not good. That's an F. That's, That's failing. failing. Uh, another big competitor, huge competitor, actually, 12. So... Uh, and I was kind of upset. I think our current score is like a 63 or something. And I was like, no, this has got to be... All the people I know in search engine optimization say, if you're not over 90, you are leaving rankings on the table. And uh, that obviously matters a lot to us. So I wanted to... You know, this is something I want. I care about. <laughs> but I spent the a long time yesterday optimizing our images. And I, I did a whole video on it. I can share that in the show notes. And it was good. I learned how to, we can generate WP images, WebP images, sorry, locally with JPEG and PNG fallbacks. 
Uh, we size them all locally. Everything happens locally, and then we push that up to the server, so it's all static. And then based on the viewport, uh, the browser will choose the size, the actual, you know, the actual, uh, the smaller file size, which is important. And so got all that working. And then, but our score was still a 78. It's like, what? Hmm. And so I'm looking through everything. And then finally, I'm just going to take our chat widget off. (laughs) So I remove that. We go from 78 to 100, (laughs) like like that. I was like, okay. And so then I tested another chat widget. It went up a little bit. And then you came in like a magician, like a wizard. (laughs) And you said, why don't I just lazy load this chat widget, right? Is that what you did? Yeah, basically I took, so yeah, I took uh, the JavaScript that they give us, which is basically just a script tag you paste in. Yeah. Um, and used most of that, but I had to rewrite a little bit of it um, to basically not load it into the page until three seconds mm-hmm. later. I mean, yes. <laughs> it's like wait three seconds and then inject it into the page. So that helps. I mean, I don't think anyone's going to know. Well, it helped a lot because our score went from uh, 82 with this other chat widget to 100. And that's the best score I've. For me, getting that score was like a big success because I knew now, okay, this is possible. We still have to add a little bit more content. So I think I got to, yeah. you, you, you said, well, let's just put the page speed score to the side for a second. Let's add all of our content and then we'll come back to this. But just being able to know that it was possible made me feel great. And now it's like, okay, we're going to finish this homepage off, but I... When we deploy it, I just wanted to know, like, okay, this is going to be meaningfully faster for people on mobile and, more importantly, for Google. Like, when Google's crawling it, I want them to say, okay, we're going to give these folks a a better score because it's fast. I think that PageP tool is definitely interesting. It does does give some good feedback. Yeah. Um, I mean, for me, it's like I, I never really worried about that mm-hmm. for for what i've just never i think i've always yeah i just i was just never concerned about it um i mean there's there's not i feel like on the, the new marketing side i think is still not done there's still not a, there's i think it's still missing content right we haven't really finished it um so i don't know how that's going to affect it i'm not sure i would have necessarily gone the the like efficiency route first <laughs> um but i can i can totally see how like it gets addictive and you're like i need to cut off i need to shave off yes well and because yeah. a lot of the the home page isn't done but every other page and blog post from our old site is on there and so i wanted to know that at least we're on a solid foundation because i don't want to go so far down this rabbit hole without being like okay this is at least possible right yeah i think i think i think we can we can move forward now with confidence and add more content and know what is going to affect it and what we can Mm -hmm. improve and i'm i'm running all these Um, other pages through like pricing blog posts and they're all 90 to 100 um okay some of these will have more images and and like yeah 
It's also that page speed thing is a little weird because it actually changes every time you do it. It's not always it's not always the same. I mean, it it's it's true. <laughs> there is some variability. I've I've heard from other folks that a variability of three is kind of normal. Um, but yeah, there's some like really important posts like how to start a podcast is getting a hundred right now, uh, and and these are things we're hoping to rank for. So. And honestly, on the homepage, people can go and check it out right now, marketing.transistor.fm. The one, the one thing I want to add that's not there right now is just uh, a mention about how you can start multiple podcasts on Transistor and not get charged for additional shows. And I'm, I'd like to start with actually a pretty minimal homepage. Like right now, it only has two sections. I'm thinking maybe one or two more sections and then... Just I want to see how this performs compared to the other one. Right. It is it is very minimal. I'm curious to see if people who are unfamiliar with podcasting necessarily will will know will learn enough to actually start a trial. But we can always deploy it and then have a baseline and then test it against the baseline too. So does adding more content improve things or does it not improve things right i mean it's you know do people want to scroll down a slightly larger page and actually see a few more features and explanation of like what we do Mm -hmm. i I don't know (laughs) that's the thing that's the thing i want to know is like how much does that actually help for a long time convert kit they have a longer page now but for a long time they had a page that was basically all above the fold with one button and sometimes simplicity helps because people arrive on the page and they're just like, okay, well, might as well just try this thing out, right? Um, and it's hard to know without testing it. But yeah, I think we need a, a bit more. I, I asked some folks uh, on Slack the other day and they said, well, there's, there's one thing that I keep hearing about Transistor that's not on this page. And that is that you folks do multiple podcasts. So Yeah. So we're gonna keep working on it. Yeah, cool. So the uh, the um, <laughs> <laughs> this pro- this pull request I found. From oh this yeah. Morning. So you, I, I don't know. Whenever a month ago, maybe you had. I think you'd worked with Adam Wathen, right? Because um, because you were using Tailwind CSS on the website. Yeah. And it doesn't Tailwind doesn't really include any JavaScript to, to handle any sort of interactions. It's just CSS. So you wanted a way on the mobile view to trigger the nav menu to open up with JavaScript. And so you used Vue for that, which is, I, you probably learned a few things. But I was looking at it and it was like, it's such a simple, it's basically a click that adds a class to a thing to display the drop-down menu for mobile. And, you know, going down this road of optimization, like, we don't need to load the entire view library as well just to do that. So my pull request was removing that and just writing it in vanilla <laughs> JavaScript. So it, I think it took our, I think it took our compiled JavaScript file down from like 40 kilobytes to like 800 bytes. Oh, no or way. Like that. I didn't realize that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which actually 40 K 40 K for the entire view library is still really good. I mean, that's, not that's not huge that's like the size of jquery or less yeah 
Yeah, this was I. So this is I want to talk about this in a little bit, but first I want to thank ProfitWell.com for sponsoring this episode. If you are earning any sort of re- recurring revenue from Stripe, you should just sign up for ProfitWell. It will show you all of your business metrics inside a dashboard, MRR, LTV, churn. In a little bit, John and I are going to talk about something we're discovering in ProfitWell. Uh, But if you're not using it yet, it's free. Go to ProfitWell.com. You just connect to Stripe. It's like a one-click connect, and it will pull in all of your Stripe data and then start giving you meaningful information. And if you do sign up, just let them know that you uh, that we sent us that we sent us <laughs> that you sent that one. <laughs> if you do sign up, just let them know that we sent you. There we go. I want to bring up this blog post in relation to you overwriting all this work that I did, all this meaningful code I wrote, all of this. You know, the, this I was so proud of it. I'd finally written a bit of. Using the new, the hottest yeah, new view that's right. library. I, I had avoided JavaScript forever. And now I, you know, I had written something. I was so, it was there. And then John just came in and just took a big eraser and just wiped it out. <laughs> in, the, in the pull request, I just, I linked to this article. It's by Jonas, who works at, Jonas Downey, I think. Is that his name? Yeah, J- Jonas Downey, mm-hmm. he works at Basecamp, and he has this blog post called Nobody Really Owns Product Work. It's in the show notes. I highly recommend it. Uh, did you get a chance to read this, by the way? I did. Yeah, huh? I did. And uh, what did you think, by the way? Did did you agree with it? Did you resonate? Like, what was your, your takeaway? Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with it. I mean, it in my experience working on teams, like I, I think I've experienced both sides of that where you've worked on something for a long time and you're super proud of it and it goes out to the world. And then someone else on the team comes in and just says, Oh, there's a, there's a better way to do this. I'm going to redo it and, uh, you know, improve it. Usually it's usually a huge improvement or, or let's say that feature is not actually as useful as you thought on the outset when you started working Mm -hmm. on it, which isn't really your fault because, Usually, someone else had actually come up with, uh, or a group of people had have agreed to build this thing, and you build it, and it it goes out, and it's easy to, I think, take it the wrong way and say that someone else is coming in and destroying your hard work. Yeah. Um, but on the flip side of that, like I've definitely been on teams where there's no ego. It's just like, oh, you have a better way to do it. That's awesome. Let's all learn something from mm-hmm. it. Um, yeah. Let's, that part yeah. is key, I think. And something that Peldy said, which is from the outset with his company, he was just optimizing for learning. I, For me, like I just want to optimize for learning. So Adam Wathen teaches me something new that allows me to put something on the site that wasn't there before. That's amazing. John's able to come along and go, oh, well, that's good that that's built, but now... I can see a better way to do that. Here's how a better way to do that. To me, that's amazing. There's probably even a better way to do it. I think you can do the same thing with CSS. Yeah, there's a way of hiding it. And and no. Yeah. 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 And with like the target target selector, I think. Yeah. I think we can do it without JavaScript at all, which is even yeah. better. 
but that's like yeah yeah that, a that's too it. much too much optimization <laughs> we're just gonna we're gonna <laughs> forget everything else we're just gonna become optimization machines um but i really like jonas's the way he he articulates it which is you know uh, collaborative software work is egalitarian. It doesn't matter who did what, as long as the team is collectively accomplishing something greater than any one person could have done alone. Yeah, I mean, he even goes as far as saying, like, um, the quote-unquote product owner doesn't actually own the product. They're, they just own the accountability for decisions of what to build. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that's like... That's a dictatorship if someone owns it at the top and is like basically saying no to everything or yes. Yeah. I think this is why the having a collaborative culture is in some ways is different than the way I've worked. I think even a lot of teams out there, some of whom are listening right now, uh, think that they're collaborative, but they actually have this handoff culture that Jason Fried talked about two episodes ago where the you know the higher ups decide what we're going to build next and then they hand it that vision over to the product manager or the product owner and the product owner writes up the specs for that and then they hand it over to the designer and the designer you know d- designs the mockups how they think it should look and then they hand it over to the developer and the, it's like you know sequentially it's a sequential workflow Instead of, no, together we are going to collaboratively build this as a group and get all of the kind of back and forth and, you know, oh, I've got an idea here. Let's try this. Uh, the Let's just pair program on this and see what you, you know, I want to see how you do things. All of that is uh, really different than the way I've worked before. Mm-hmm. So I, I like this idea of kind of taking the ego out of it and uh, thinking like, really, this is just bits and bytes anyway. Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's really easy, I think, to sort of, if you, if you don't actively work against it to, I don't know, build this culture of like, jealousy and and like behind the scenes sort of like talking behind people's backs and be like i can't believe mm. it took my code mm-hmm. and threw it in the trash yeah um you know i think it also kind of speaks to sort of who you hire totally and kind of the process up front to to like go through the interview process and really mm-hmm. you know hire people more not not just based on their talent, but on on their, I don't know, personality. I guess I would. I don't know if you call it that. Yeah, exactly. And this is why the pull request is such a a great technology because it's not like you're just going rogue and just like going in and changing something and then committing it, and then like you yeah. know like three months later I'm like oh I got to show you guys this view code I wrote and then I go in and it's gone you know the. <laughs> Like I'm, I, I'm at my my high school reunion, and I'm showing people the view code I wrote, but it's not in, <laughs> it's not there anymore. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, you know, the pull request is great social technology. Hey, 
here's something I'd like to to do. What do you think? You know, and then I can go in and look at your code and go, okay, well, I don't completely understand what you did, but I kind of understand it. Like, okay, I can see this a little bit different. And if I need to do that again, I'll probably go back and look at your code and go, okay, let me see if I can replicate this and do it John's way. Um, mm-hmm. So if obviously like culture is important and, you know, the personalities that play is important. And then process, like if you're going to collaborate, you still need some sort of process. And the pull request, just having that technology to me is incredible because it gives you the opportunity to talk about it. Nothing's hidden. It's all out in the open. Yeah, with the pull request and well, Git in particular, there is a history of the changes. So you can yeah look back and be like, oh, that's why they did that. Yeah, I'm, I'm digging it. Um, I think we should, before we end the episode, we should talk about, uh, Chris, can you give us a dun, 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 dun. We had our, in terms of growth, August so far, we're halfway through the month, has been our slowest month. Uh, and I just thought maybe we should process that out loud to everybody. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we had... I think it's time to, it's time to just throw it, throw the, yeah, throw in the it, towel. It's all, all over. over. Um, <laughs> I mean, we knew this would happen eventually uh, yeah. we were growing 20 to 30 percent um in but we always had this kind of benchmark set up in profit well of our goal was to grow 15 percent month over month and we'd been hitting it every single month we hit it in july and then august were i think around 11 percent growth month over month uh which is still great <laughs> that means we're still growing yeah uh, we're also, because it's, uh, it's always month over month, it means, you know, in order to continue to grow at that rate, we have to always be doing kind of exponentially more revenue, right? Right. Which is when, which is why we get these emails from ProfitWell that's like, you're 30% behind and you're halfway through the month. And it's like, <laughs> oh God, what? Yeah. I mean, originally our goal, like it, our goal would have been to increase MRR by $500 a month. And then it was like, oh, wow, if we could grow by 1,000 or 2,000. Well, this month, you know, that 15% growth translates to $3,361 of new MRR. And uh, we've got about $800 of new MRR this month. Oh, this is interesting. I didn't realize this. We have uh, $1,400 in new MRR, but we had our biggest month for churn, so we had six hundred and forty three dollars of churn this month. Uh, yeah, I mean it's it's. I think we'd have to dig into it more and s- try to figure out what is happening if we can. I mean it's mm-hmm. it's either that it's a slow month and less people are signing up because it's the end of summer. Mm-hmm. And that is a for whatever that is reason, a U.S. thing. Actually, I've noticed is that people in the U.S. take August off, uh, and also. If you've sent any emails to people in Europe, like the Germans are gone, <laughs> they are they are on vacation. Right. I mean, yeah, I think a lot of European countries have August. They just have like August off. It could be that people are moving to competitors, mm-hmm. and we haven't really looked yep. into it. Um, I mean, I could look at could be I could look at who these people are. Let me see here. Yeah. And I ask folks when they cancel, why they canceled. So you send an automated email to us that just says, uh, hey, this person canceled. Yeah. 
And um, I, as soon as I see those, I send them just a manual email that says, uh, hey, what, you know, is there a reason that you, that you canceled? Part of the, the sense I'm getting back, this qualitative data I'm getting back is that, you know, August is a slower month. People are reviewing their credit card statements. And some folks um, wanted to start a podcast but just haven't. And so they're kind of like, okay, well, you know, the, the new school year is starting. Do I want to uh, keep going with this? Eh, let's, let's cancel now. So I think that's part of it is seasonal. When you look at them one by one, they really seem like, oh, okay, well, that makes sense. Um, a lot of these huh. folks, you know, they, they're just not doing their show anymore. We haven't had a lot of people um, cancel and go to competitors this month, at least from what I can tell. Yeah, I mean, it could be, you know, people are anxious about the economy. I mean, there's like... Mm. You know, this worry about this global recession that might happen, and I don't yeah, know. yeah, I'm I'm looking at this list here. Um, you know, like here's a a sports show. They joined a network, and so they didn't need podcast hosting anymore. Um, mm-hmm. It all seems really pretty reasonable to me. Uh, there was no huge red flags from what I was getting. I was getting back. Okay. And like many things, we're still so young that we need, you know, we kind of need more data before we can really, you know, make make other decisions. So, yeah, we're just we're just, just we're just making assumptions at this point. I think exactly. But I think it's worth mentioning and uh, just saying, yeah, well, hey, it's slowed down, uh, but. Nice, nice thing is it's still growing. We, uh. I think that's the thing that I forget. It's easy to forget when you see the email is that it's, it's not that things are declining. It's that you're growing slower. You're growing slower, yeah. But the way I, when I see that email, I'm like, ugh. <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe you, need to, you need to cancel your... Uh, your you need to can, yeah, your, well. your, your profit well. I mean, if you look at our in profit well, if you look at churn, let's see. I mean, it was all pretty. It was all pretty even, and then, yeah, definitely July and August, it's been higher. But honestly, I think that's because people are bored at the office, and this is where they're evaluating their expenses. Uh, also, this is the time where people start thinking about year end, right? Because September, October, right. November, uh, December, those are like we're getting into the last quarter here. That's that's what's happening now. Uh, churn is still like ProfitWell is projecting our churn to be 4.4% this month. Still not too bad. Yeah, not bad. But obviously, and actually I think our business is going to be just, uh, is going to have churn no matter what because... It's, <laughs> you know, some people have an idea to start a podcast, but then they don't start a podcast. That's just kind of how it works. Yeah. I mean, we, you know, we, I think we do have a number of accounts or people that have signed up that's like a show with one episode or even no episodes or mm-hmm, something. Mm-hmm. And like they, it's kind of like buying a domain name, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You buy this domain name with this aspiration of, building something yeah 
and then you don't. Yeah. So it just sits there. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, as a comparison, ConvertKit, um, they've just been able, they've been reducing their churn a, a ton lately, but they're at 4.5%, which is, I think, uh, as low as it's ever been. And that's up, hmm. I mean, sorry, that's down from uh, November 2018, they were at 8.5% churn. Uh, July right. 2018, 7.2%. So they were kind of around the seven to nine percent churn rate for a long time, and they've just managed to get it down uh, now to to under five percent. So I think we should care, but uh, I, I get- yeah, I mean, we also you know we also have I think some some good ideas in the pipeline that should yes. Help. Yeah, Should yeah, especially for the for folks out there that have been kind of hounding us to get some of that expansion revenue, uh, and uh, so Ben Ornstein, if you're listening, we we we're 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 on it, man. Like we we got some stuff planned. Just give us some time. <laughs> Thanks everyone for listening again. It, hey, if you haven't if you haven't uh, given us a review in iTunes or Apple Podcasts, just pop that sucker open. Search for Build Your SaaS and then scroll down and five stars that really, uh, we just appreciate it. And uh, also, podhunt.app is a new place you can submit your favorite episodes to and upvote them like on Reddit or Product Hunt. So if you have a favorite episode of Build Your SaaS, go to podhunt.app. John, we have two new Patreons. We've just broken $300 in monthly Patreon support. And uh, yeah, why don't you thank them? That's awesome. Yeah, thanks everyone for uh, continuing to support us. Uh, we have Evandro Sassy. Sassy? Sassy? Let us know. I hope it's sassy. Could be sassy. Or it could be sass. Like yeah. the show. I don't know. Evandro, let us know, man. Uh, Prediumna Shimbecker. Oh, I think that was pretty good. I think he also goes by PD for short. So, uh, PD, if you're listening, let us know if in the future we can just say PD. There's an advantage here because I think PD could be the new Junta. It could be Junta, like a Junta Junior, right? <laughs> Where people kind of get in. There's going to be a rhythm. We could we got be. PD. We yeah. got Ben. You know, it, it, I think it's got a good flow. Yeah. <laughs> We do have and Ben yeah, next. Just, just ben. ben. Ben, you got to let us know if you want your last name in there. Uh, we're giving, we're letting you be anonymous now, but you don't have to be. And we have Noah Prail, David Colgan, Robert Simplicio, Colin Gray from Elitu.com, mm-hmm. Josh Smith, Ivan Kirkovic, Brian Ray, Miguel Pedrafita, Shane Smith, Austin Loveless, Simon Bennett, Corey Haynes, Michael Sitver. Paul Jarvis and Jack Ellis, mm-hmm. uh, my brother Dan, Dan com. Darby Frey, Samori Augusto, Dave Young, Brad from Canada, Sammy Schukert, Dan Erickson, Mike Walker, Adam Devander, Dave Junta. I, by the way, I, did you see that thing I sent you from Instagram? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Uh, Junta's starting to get more popular than we are. I like, I, I, <laughs> I uh, just, kind of gave a shout out to some people at uh podcast movement 
uh, these folks at Squadcast. And then one of the, the people that work there or the fanners said, hey, thanks. means a lot coming from you. I'm a big fan of your show. And then he just has a big hashtag that just says, Junta. <laughs> we might have to get Dave yeah, on here. Yeah, I, I, I think we do. That, that will be a huge episode. If, if we get Junta, oh, man. And then I'd probably say Junta a lot. Um, yeah, I, we should have him on the show, though. We should. Um, Kyle Fox at GetRewardful.com and our sponsors this week, ProfitWell and ActiveCampaign. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll see you next week. Podcast hosting is provided by Transistor.fm. They host our MP3 files, generate our RSS feed, provide us with analytics, and help us distribute the show to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. If you want to start your own podcast or you want to switch to Transistor, go to Transistor.fm slash Justin and get 15% off your first year.